guys, hello and welcome back. I'm Jojo Fraser. It's time for our Mojo Injection, episode 64. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you for being here. Um, my voice is almost back. I'm feeling about 80% and I've been feeling probably the past couple of weeks about 20% and just bashing on through. But no, starting to feel better. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back. It's been a, a busy-ish week here, there and everywhere with some amazing conversations, um, which was fabulous. I had some time with the BBC as well, um, which is always nice. I love a chat and I, it's funny because when I go on air, I never really consider just how many people are listening. I just get into the mode and try not to overthink it and just jump in. Um, <laughs> it's funny, you just you just go with it, you know? And it's the same with this each week. I never know who's going to listen. I know there'll be regulars around the globe. Thank you guys for coming back. But I just, I guess we just have to jump in. And I hope my intention every week is that you're going to get something from this. And what you may need to hear is completely different to what I need to hear. But I, I mean, this is really something I get a lot from too with the conversations. And um, yeah, eight years married on Tuesday, so big year for us. We've gone from the seven year itch to the eight year rash. Uh, so expect me to be writing some content about relationships and marriage and what it's teaching me and how we're growing and, and how we are trying to work together to, to stick together and, and do the work. Um, because we're different people who love each other but don't always like each other and I love writing about marriage so I've started thinking about what I'm going to put out on Tuesday and also what we're going to do we're going to have a wee bit of time together hopefully um, so yes this week all oh my days the couple I have on this week oh Celine and Zeno they are the founders of Ely Laptop Stand now it's that spell I-L-I I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right but when I say Ely I think of Ely Beach where I was recently wild swimming uh, with my fam um, but yeah I-L-I Laptop Stand um, oh my goodness guys so they're a multicultural family they travel a lot uh, in 2018 they had several mums working abroad and they were looking at a portable laptop stand but they couldn't find one that had sort of was high enough and close enough so it wouldn't hurt their backs because they love laptops a lot of us love laptops or our phones and things and um, but they hated the pain and they found a real pain point but what I love is hearing them talk about their passion for sustainability this stand is just so sustainable considering environmental societal and economic impact and we talk about this in depth today um just thinking about as an entrepreneur you know if you are designing something how we can do our bit to look after the planet and there is a sense of urgency now and this conversation really moved me to make changes so some of the changes that we talk about you know can you fly less i know that's hard for some people um can you eat less meat can you spend less can you really focus on quality of products and, and really enjoy the things that you do have and it, it got me thinking about clothing I can be quite an impulse spontaneous purchaser and it just got me thinking I don't want to buy any clothes for a while I just want to use what I have be thankful for what I have and give away what I'm not using uh, and yeah there's been a lot of things on my mind since the conversation I just feel like they are such an inspirational couple we cover you know relationships we cover mindset mental health a lot of things that I, I know will be really valuable for you guys so listen with an open mind and give them some love I'll be putting some videos out across at Jojo Fraser Mojo throughout the week and putting a blog up on mummyjojo.com but yeah I would 
really encourage you to check this is a lovely laptop stand as well um, I was kindly gifted one and it's so easy to carry around um, so look out for that but just oh my goodness what an inspirational couple uh, I'm so glad that I was introduced to them from Nikki Hutchison who is a little babe who was on here recently and did an incredible podcast very motivating um, and loads of marketing tips so yeah enjoy guys enjoy this and thank you so much for being here um i think you're all awesome have a great week and welcome guys thank you how are we both today we're good yeah definitely good yeah excuse my croaky voice i don't know if it sounds normal to you because obviously accents are slightly different but can you tell my voice is a bit croaky no you wouldn't know no. <laughs> that's uh, rude <laughs> it's husky i don't normally sound like this <laughs> but it's really nice to meet you both i've heard a lot about you i've heard you're a very cool couple Really? Mm-hmm. I have. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki, who's been on here um, oh, before, yeah. now she's going to be going through a rebrand, isn't she? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited to hear your story. And so much I want to talk to you both about to help other people, our amazing listeners, get a mojo injection. So just be relaxed, be all in. I always say to people, don't overthink it. Jump right in like you're jumping into... Maybe a cold... Have you ever been swimming in the sea in Scotland? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. How'd you find it? Cold. It's cold. <laughs> yeah. And do you, are you able to control the breathing? Yeah, well, you need to really work on it, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Think carefully about it, like in yoga, you know? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Because I think putting yourself into scary situations... I often talk about the first time I was wild swimming... I was really nervous. It was February this year. Like, I've always enjoyed going in the water, but freezing conditions, you know, Scottish winter, driving up, being really nervous. And it was being photographed by Wild Swimming Photography, who've got a book coming out soon. And uh, I was so nervous, and I wasn't sure how cold it was going to be. And I often see with jumps in life, like starting your own business, starting a relationship, getting married... Whatever jumps we go through, when you overthink it, that can take away some of the magic, can't it? Yeah. So I guess for you guys, um, how, yeah. what, talk me through your story, where you got to that point where you thought, we're going to jump in and, and launch this incredible laptop stand. That's actually, it is a jump actually. That's a very good, you know, relation to it in some ways. I think so. Basically, like um, it was a year, about a year ago, isn't it? Just before the summer last year, yeah. Yeah, just before the summer last year. So we were looking. Uh, well, basically, you know, and I were planning on going to France for the summer mm-hmm. uh, to our tiny house. We have a tiny shed in France where we go camping every summer with all our kids. Amazing! Uh, it is amazing. It's like going back to nature for two months, two to three months. We have. Um, you know, no shower, so we have like a pop-up shower with solar yeah, with a hose pipe, <laughs> with a hose pipe and yeah. some black tubes to put on solar power. You know, among the other things, so it's really it's really nice, but it really allows us to reconnect a little bit. You know, but also that means we don't have any workstation. You know, we don't have our typical kind of monitor and everything. So we were working on our laptops or things like this, and you know, like I cannot work for three months on my laptop. It's gonna 
break my back, you know, and my neck. Yeah, that so, came from a, that came from like just the memory of having a severe shoulder, neck and shoulder pain from from a, a job I once had um, where I was just working on a laptop. And it was only eighteen months of sitting at a desk working on a laptop, and by the end of it, it was just so sore. So, where was the pain for you? It was like a burning sensation over my upper upper between my shoulder blades, up the back of my neck. It was really sort of tough. I'd um, I sort of carried with it me with me for the rest of the day as well, you know, after after you get up. And so once I stopped doing that, um, yeah, it took a while to get 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 back to normal, I suppose. But then the idea of just sitting at a laptop again just like scared me so much. I thought I had to do something about that. Uh-huh. You know, because normally I obviously use computers all the time, but uh, um, but you know, with the workstation, with a good monitoring setup, and like that, you get end up with a you know, a decent working position and um, but on your laptop, yes, it's kind of a bit, yeah, yeah, yeah so basically, it can be quite, uh, quite harmful, I think. Did yeah. it impact your sleep as well? Did you have pain in the night? Mm, I don't remember if that was the case. I had lots of friends, so I went out a lot, so, <laughs> 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 um, uh, yeah, so that probably impacted my sleep more. Party <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> boy. No, not really, but yeah, I had, I had fun. Oh, you were, you were going to party boy, come no. on. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but, um, yeah um, so... So basically, he, he was looking to buy one on the internet, you uh-huh, know, yeah. because, you know, that's what you do, you know. So we were looking to buy one, and um, he couldn't find anything that wasn't plastic, and also he couldn't find anything that really fitted all our yeah, criteria. Yeah, I wanted the laptop screen up high, I wanted mm. to be able to bring it close enough to me so I wasn't going to be craning forward as well so I wanted one where you could actually put the keyboard underneath it uh-huh. at least a little bit um, and yeah even those two criteria which you kind of eradicate most of the products on the market um, then on top of that because we're working in France and going to a co-working space in the village in the local village to, to work I wanted to be able to carry it with me mm-hmm. so I wanted it to be portable too so lightweight portable gives you a decent height um, keyboard underneath and it just like suddenly realized well you we can't find anything which kind of meets mm-hmm. those criteria Interesting and then on top of it it's like mm-hmm. well and everything's made of plastic you know mm-hmm. um, so like well let's put something together that's not <laughs> it's, it's so huge as well now because we know so much like plastic even over the past couple of years I've noticed a massive shift like everyone's talking about it mm-hmm. you know for me I get sent a lot of products so sometimes I wouldn't even think about what they were made of because, you know, you're so busy, you're rushing about, you're trying to do your bit, but at the same time, things can wash over you. But now it's like, oh, is Mm. this plastic? Mm -hmm. Oh, should I be promoting it? How do I feel about it? Mm -hmm. How sustainable is this? Mm -hmm. So it's, have you guys been quite into sustainability for a while in terms of your approach to life, or is it quite a new yeah, thing? Yeah, for many years, um, yeah, for quite a long time. Um, yeah, we both have been working in that industry for quite a, a while as well. You know, sustainability and uh-huh. sustainable development, renewable energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least for the last ten years. Yeah, we are so. very, we are very. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say we're like eco warriors, you know, mm-hmm. but we are very sensitive to to these topics, mm-hmm. and we, I think, it. it yeah, it's try a, it's our best within you know practical boundaries as well you know it's really really hard to do everything perfectly and you can't it's just like at the moment you have to you have to make some compromises but we try what we can you know um, yeah. and to sensibilize our kids actually yeah. a lot we work a lot on that because yeah. as a next generation mm-hmm. so 
we're sensibilize them a lot, you know. Make sure they're 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 aware of what's going on. Our children mm. will run around and pick up litter because there's a plastic crisp bag <laughs> yeah. floating past. Like, oh, it it's a bit too dirty. It's a bit too dirty, don't <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> yes, you go and go and pick it up, go and put it put it in the bin. Good girl. You know? <laughs> I think that's amazing actually. And it's really good for us, for because I talk a lot about sustainability of the mind, uh-huh, looking yeah. after our mental health and and doing our bit, because sometimes it can get overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You're like, I want to do it, but you want to save the entire planet. And as exactly. you say, the equal warriors, there, there's that balance for everyone. And mm-hmm. it, as long as we can do our bit, Absolutely. then I it think, does. I think there's there's stuff we can do and, and stuff that we can do, which just makes us feel better. It doesn't necessarily do a great deal of good. I think really what we need is some policy. We need policy changes from the top yeah. to, to really affect how our products are being produced, you know, mm. what kind of materials are allowed to be mined, you know, and, yeah. you know, and what they're used for. And, um, you know, but there's, there's definitely a lot of stuff we can all do as, as people every mm-hmm. day, but mm. I think it's kind of, need, it needs both. It needs people to make a difference and to force policy change. Yeah. So that you know our governments and the, the world's governments make a, a difference for, for for the good of the planet rather than the good of the GDP, you know. Yeah, so. no, we can break the cycle, but exactly. we just need to be noisy about it. Yep, yeah, we need to. Be, yeah. And it's hard, but also like you know, I think sometimes if you're very aware environmentally and you know a lot about what's going on actually psychologically can be really hard you know Mm -hmm. because you don't see that much changes so sometimes you wonder what difference can i make yeah and actually it's true though isn't it very often we ask ourselves these questions and i suppose in some ways you know you know making a new laptop stand you know it's kind of saying like oh we're making something that Mm -hmm. people it's yet another product on the market. Is that even just sustainable in its own right, you know, in yeah. some ways? But actually, the social benefits from people using them are so much greater because mm-hmm. then if people sit straight, if people, you know, have better position, my mom has always said to me, Jojo, or she calls me Joanne sometimes, Joanne, your posture is not great. And I'm going, I know you're right, mom, you're right. Sit up, because I slump. And then I push my tummy out, and people are like, you're pregnant. And I'm like, no, just really bad posture. You push it all Very polite of them. <laughs> no, they actually think I'm pregnant. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's something I know I need to work on, and I think we're becoming more aware of this. You know, yeah, we're, yeah, we're so becoming true. a lot more aware. There's people that don't work on tables. I was listening to a podcast um Dr. Chatterjee, have you heard him? No. So he's got a podcast, uh, Live More, should really know the name of it. But anyway, he had a guest on who doesn't have any tables and chairs in the house. Oh, wow. So there can be extreme, he sleeps on the floor, he's he's one end, whereas I am quite at, I've worked in luxury hotels in the past, so I quite like nice soft sheets, uh-huh. nice uh, foamy beds, <laughs> but, uh-huh. but you know. <laughs> But I, one thing I've been really aware of as a writer and content creator is how often I can spend at my desk and there'll be a lot of people tuning in that are on their desk a lot. And, yeah. you know, when you work for yourself as well, you tend to put more hours in. Mm-hmm. That's the sacrifice to not have a boss. Yeah. You know, you're, you're following your dream, but with that comes a price. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have to put more time in or you have to work antisocial hours. And I have felt a strain on my back personally and I start to think, I was doing a podcast with a nutritionist and she 
was standing while we were doing it. We were doing it on Zoom because she's down south. She was standing the whole time and I thought, oh, that's really good. I should have done that. I'm sitting at my desk just chatting and she's like, you know, mm-hmm. walking around and getting, getting yeah. her posture in check. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. how do you guys find that balance then? Well, um, well I guess we're, we're doing lots of different things because of uh, just our daily lives require us to be quite physical with the children and things. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, when that, that period I was talking about before when I had the pain in my shoulders, I was, mm-hmm. I was spending most of my time at the laptop at that, at that stage. Um, and after that, I decided to change what I was doing to have a, um, an occupation which was a bit more varied, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to avoid the pain. And, you know, so you just like take care of your body a little bit more in what you're doing every day, you know, mm-hmm. so the, the, you know, having a, a good posture and just having a decent amount of physical activity and moving in your day kind of really makes a difference. You know, you, you don't, um, you know, it, it, it's beneficial definitely to the health. You know? Yeah, um, I, I, I honestly, okay, I know that sounds a bit hypocritical, but I do go sometime at the gym, you know, yeah. and I, I, I go and I swim a lot. Why do you mean hypocritical? Well, because, you know, you spend... I always have this issue about, you know, having to spend money to... So we work to earn money to then spend money to look after ourselves. Yeah. Well, maybe if I worked less, then mm-hmm. I would have more time to just look after myself. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have to spend money to actually go to the gym to look after myself. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. uh-huh. So it's... Sometimes I find this is a bit... In some ways, it doesn't make sense, you know. Yeah. Like we, we earn money to then, you know, then look after ourselves, go to the gym. What? But actually, it's because I don't have enough time to then go running somewhere else, maybe, or take more time just to do other things. You mm-hmm. know, it's just quickly. You know, I just go and do a quick swim and then do a quick. Because in between the kids as well, it's really hard to handle everything. Yeah, and you guys have got three children under five, five and under. Did you see yeah. five, five and three and one? And yeah. you have an older child as well. Yeah. yeah. So you have four kids, not so hands-on with the eighteen-year-old, but still, still different challenges. I'm sure my my kids are seven and four, so I I'm, I don't know what the challenges are with having teenagers yet. But how on earth do you balance that? Like when you were thinking we're going to launch this, we're gonna we're gonna go for it. Yeah. One as a couple to work together. That that I don't think I could work with my husband. Uh-huh. Uh, although he does help me, he does work with me a bit, but he has his own job too. Um, but he can be so we can clash sometimes. Um, whereas you guys seem to have a lovely flow together. I mean, uh, although I don't see everything, <laughs> but one the decision to work together and raise kids like did you have the discussion at the start how are we going to balance this? i think it's very kind of you to say that we were thinking uh, <laughs> <laughs> we weren't thinking that's the name of the problem <laughs> and that's why when you said you know it's a jump you know this is exactly it it was a jump really unthought jump yeah. <laughs> like jump. someone wanted one and we're like well well, okay. maybe we should make one <laughs> for someone else shall we, shall we see what we can build with that with uh, as a um you know, as a product, you know, and actually, to be honest, it's it's been a really interesting journey. So we've had, we've okay. made stuff in the past, I and mean, we've made some really quite complicated things as one-offs um, mm-hmm. for you know in our in our work, you know, and they're hugely complicated devices for for. No, I won't go into them, but um, yeah, 
actually it's a lot easier to do something really complicated as a one-off than it is to do something relatively relatively straightforward as a product the amount of complexity that goes into trying to make something well mm-hmm. is yeah. so much more than we even possibly imagined yeah. when we didn't make that yeah. decision I mean we did make that decision to do it well, <laughs> I mean basically we didn't think about the impact it was going to have honestly what happened is that we made it for ourselves and someone asked us oh where can I get one mm-hmm. we're like uh, <laughs> there isn't another one <laughs> and then uh-huh. it just went from that to another and if we had thought it through maybe we should have done a kickstarter <laughs> it would have been maybe a lot more clever than our current approach but it's a beauty of it as well is that yeah. you know it came and it grew it's just sustainable that's just a way we've decided it just turned out to be you know and to be fair you know with I mean how does it work in between us we do argue it does happen. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. <laughs> yes, we do. Put on the public face. <laughs> well, nice and soft. Yeah. But what I'm like, we are all one. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're all, we are complementary, you know. Yeah, I can tell Very complementary. Uh, so things that, you know, is, it's not his forte are my forte. I'm super organized. I'm mm-hmm. very good with, you know, managing. And it's true, I think. <laughs> Well, I'm not bad at it. Well, you're not. <laughs> I'm not as organized as you. Definitely not. At all. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, we are very complementary, and that's why it works. Okay, really, good. I think you know. Uh, but with the kids, it's true that uh, we for for a while it was it was quite stressful with the kids because we want to spend quality time with them. Mm-hmm. So we have to protect time yeah. to be with them because of it's it's mm-hmm. they're young and it's so important to spend time together as a family. So we always try to protect so for example every time they come back either from school or from nursery they go four days a week at nursery and uh, but when they come back we know we only have two hours of quality time with them because Mm -hmm. then they're in bed yeah so these two hours is basically no phone no computer no nothing we're just with them for these two hours and then we put them to bed, and then we have another... They you know, work through the night. Well, <laughs> yeah, another, like, no it's a to work. And that's the way we try to protect this same with them, you know? I love that. I love that statement, and I think people will really connect with that, protecting your time. It's so important. It is. And it's, I don't think there's a point, you know, blatant, you know, with the guilt of, oh, we're busy, we're busy. Because being busy is a good thing to an extent. It's being productive with the time that you have, but also saying, I'm scheduling in these two hours to really be present with mm. our family. I think that's powerful. Yeah, and so you don't feel guilty also because yeah. otherwise, you know, social media are always in your face. Oh, and yeah, you're always it's like disturbed by your phone, you're always disturbed by things. So if you don't protect it, then your kids always see you on the phone. And actually, you know, it does happen to us at the weekend, but especially yeah. the we kids. We pull each other up on it. Yeah, we, and so we pull each other up on it, yeah, absolutely, because it's so easy, we look at our phone and then the kids actually always start to misbehave as soon as we're on our phones. That's you know? so true. Yeah. They're clever. They oh, know yeah. it's just for attention. Yeah, they, exactly. They need attention. It's, mm. it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. And there's a lot, of, a lot of chat now about quality times, like what you remember from your own childhood. Mm-hmm. What are your happy moments? Because I don't remember all the times... I was left, I'm a third child, so mm-hmm. I don't remember all the times, well, I do remember playing on my own a lot in my room, mm-hmm. and being happy to be independent and get bored, 
I would write in my pads and I would play with my toys. I don't think I was that, like of course I'd be needy in ways, there's certain things I remember. I told my mum, I spoke about this at the Fringe show I did recently, about, um, my, I said, mum, I'm quite gushy, mm-hmm. quite, you know, I love, love, love. My dad's more like that, but my mum's quite, she's not very gushy, she can, she's got a bit of a hard exterior, she's soft on the inside. <laughs> and I said, you never write me little cards and... And uh, then one day she did, and I felt really bad because I'd been naughty, and I got home, and there was this beautiful handmade card, sustainable handmade card, recycled paper, um, with a love heart telling me she loved me. Oh, you know, that's so, so nice. <laughs> yeah, because children, we need to connect, right? It's what we're born to do mm-hmm. is to connect. Absolutely. So it's getting that balance because children are like sponges, and mm-hmm. they need the good stuff, but at the same time, they're resilient and they need mm. some time to get bored as well. So it's mm. balancing that out. Yeah, and they copy us. Yeah. So oh, yes. know, if we don't show them any attention, what are they going to show to others? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I suppose this is my, my personal take on it, that if they see us always on our phone uh, because of the business, merely actually, this is really why we use our phone mostly, you know, yeah. it's like for the business. Exactly. And um, if they see us always on our phone, and that we have so much attention because generally when we're on our phone we're very concentrated we mm-hmm. look really focused mm-hmm. on that black small box you know yeah. and suddenly that becomes therefore really interesting to them because mm-hmm. why does mama or daddy spend so much you know specific attention on that thing you know that must yeah. be really important Therefore, do you see what I mean? I always think about it like this, you know, oh, yeah. they must really feel like this is a very important thing. And, and You're talking and about it like that makes me want to smash my phone, you know? Well, I've been <laughs> wanting to smash the phone for years, actually. Let's do it right now. <laughs> it's funny, I wrote an article, uh, 2017, uh-huh. Christmas time, for the Evening News about phone addiction. Nomophobia oh, wow. is the term now, yeah, I don't know if you've heard, it's, it's where people are going for therapy for screen addiction because it's a bit like a slot machine you know if you've had a gambling or you know someone who's had a gambling addiction podcast episode one my husband talks about his gambling addiction that he is over now thank thankfully and uh, I think it's really important to talk about screen addiction and how it impacts so many people because they are you know our screens are made for example facebook like like scroll 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 they're like these gaming machines they're like oh there's always something there and i think it's really important one to talk about it and to talk about rather than making people feel guilty but to talk about why we should schedule in time so let's not give ourselves a hard time because we're doing amazing things we're building a business this is good for the economy it's good for our mental health to do something we love and we're doing a bit for the world right so let's not make ourselves feel guilty but let's talk about why we need to have maybe on a sunday a half day screen detox mm-hmm. where we go out in nature exactly. don't have to be spending a lot of money um we go out and we go for a walk and we listen to the sound of the waterfalls we we're present. We feel the touch of your child's small hand. Mm-hmm. You you listen to the jokes. Absolutely. You're connecting with them in nature. But your screens are in the car. Yeah. If you want to take a family photo, you take your camera, or you have a rule where I can take two photos, but then it's at the bottom of the bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a better approach rather than judgment. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. You know, do, Absolutely. what do you guys, when do you find you can be most present with your family then when you are off the screens? 
it's it's just the amount of workload when when there's a lot of things coming up uh, mm-hmm. we've got to do time you know, with deadlines it it's that's the hardest time because we end up doing that um when the children are in bed we end mm-hmm. up getting tired um yeah so when we have time when we give them the most time it's it's when you know in the periods in between the really hard rushes so we, we try to give them the time every day obviously as much as we can um but you know bank holiday weekend just went by we just had a really great time didn't we we left the hill actually climbed on the rocks collected shells you know yeah, looked at jellyfish the, the lot you know <laughs> Yeah, nice. Uh, sandy sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's like you know. It's, yeah. And they're the things you remember as a course, child, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Outdoors, yeah. Outdoor memories, yeah. Mm. So yeah. it's so true, and it, it reminds us of how 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 connected we all are when you're in nature, but how small we are when you feel like your problems because we have to do the deadlines. I remember being in mm-hmm. Croatia last year, and at my book, I had a deadline, and I was editing it on the sun lounger going, ah, this is wrong. <laughs> oh, no. But you do have periods in life like that where yeah. you have a big project. You have to get this stuff done. But it's not beating yourself up and it's saying, right, what can we do tomorrow? Mm-hmm. If, if you've had that deadline, what can we do tomorrow? Let's get out and climb those rocks. Let's mm-hmm. look for crabs and jellyfish. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> my kids are fascinated with mm-hmm. looking for crabs. And they're bonding. Like I feel like I bonded with my niece the other week because we were talking about crabs. Mm-hmm. And she lives in uh, Madrid, so I don't see her much. But she keeps calling oh, crabs. Oh, I really oh, yeah. enjoyed that crab story yeah. with you, jo- Auntie Jojo. And I was like... <laughs> Oh, she's going to remember me as, you know, the crab collector. <laughs> but you're right, though, you know, because, uh, for example, my, my girls, you know, our girls, you know, they don't spend a lot of time with our siblings because none of them, we don't have any family around. Mm-hmm. So, but when they do, I mean, my sister spends so much quality time with them. It's true. When she's here, she's barely ever on her phone. She mm-hmm. just read them stories make craft with them Aww. and they absolutely adore my sister it's nice it's true yes, and, and your sisters when they come and they yeah. spend a lot of quality time with them they really do and they remember yeah their siblings because of that because of that quality time yeah isn't it? so and it's i think that do they have kids as well or no not? yeah see do you know what i struggle with is when you have young kids, sometimes you don't have as much in Like I was the best auntie before I had kids. <laughs> and then you have kids and you're like, sometimes you're so exhausted or you just want to have a chat with one of the adults. So yeah. if the kids are playing, I'm like, leave them to it. But then it's that, oh, I want to be the fun auntie. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? But then it? those kids, they've, they've all got cousins at that point. Yes, so, you know. that's true. That is yeah. true. Yeah. They can entertain each other. And that's very, those are really nice. important relationships to have. Yeah. Yeah. Around, you know. Absolutely. They want to be with kids as yeah. well, like they just come to life, don't they? And yeah. they just because they're in that magical state of play. Yeah. But as adults, sometimes we forget to play, don't we? Yeah. How do you guys keep playing? We don't have a lot of time for play often, so yeah. we've went out to fest- for the Edinburgh Festival a few uh-huh. times though this this summer. Um, in France. That's been that's been nice. Yeah, for play. I mean, no, we do. I, I don't think that's completely true. What you're saying, actually, you know. Really? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I suppose it's, it's when we have the holidays yeah. mostly. Like we take a lot of time to play with them. Yeah. We play a lot of kitchen. <laughs> oh, 
whole kitchen. kitchen. Oh yeah, they give us a, they make us a lot of meals. You know, we are eating their diverse I selection know. of food. <laughs> do you find it easy to get lost in that form of play, or sometimes do you get bored? Well, a bit of both. Yeah, I'm the same, and I, I have that voice going, "You shouldn't be bored." Yeah, but it can be so hard. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like when you've had the fifth plate of food, and you're a bit like, right. Play yeah. something else. <laughs> yeah, they really like drawing. I mean, oh, our good. kids really like reading. Mm-hmm. The oldest one loves reading. So basically, it's not playing, but mm-hmm. it's really if she could, if we could read her stories all day, nearly, you know, that's what she would like to do, mm-hmm. and she loves us doing that with her. And um, they absolutely love drawings. So we do a lot of drawings yep. with them and coloring and drawings and. And she became really, really good at it. This morning, she drew like the most amazing lion. Wow! Yeah, I can show you. It was, it was really impressive. It. it was so impressive that I sent it to my parents. And how old? She's five. The fast old. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, it was pretty. We've got a little right? Picasso here. <laughs> yeah, you've right. got. But that's the thing when you see a talent and it's when they're in their flow. Uh-huh. So it's something they genuinely love, and you can enjoy it with them. But when you see that. Oh, this could be some something like yeah. a real passion that they could work yeah. on. I think it's really good to encourage yeah. that, isn't it? Well, you it? know what she told me today, like a couple of days ago, we were talking about, you know, growing <clears throat> up and what she would like to do. Maybe I mean she's obviously young, but I don't know. We came to that conversation, and I asked her, "Oh, is there like what would you like to become? You know, uh, when you are older?" Mm-hmm. And she said, "I'd like to do drawings." Amazing. And I was like. Okay, well you can, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I say, Auntie Eliana, so Zina's sister, Eliana, uh, is an amazing uh, illustrator. And I was telling her she's actually making all the illustrations for the Eli laptop stand. She's been making wow. all of them. She's so talented. And um, and I was telling her, well, Auntie Eliana is an illustrator, and I could see her thinking, deep thinking, you know, thinking, hmm. I see. So it is a possibility, you know, that drawings could be something I do. That's and amazing. It was quite, yeah, it was quite insightful that actually she really took it in, you know, as a, something that was not far-fetched, you know. I think it's that your kids are really lucky to have you guys as parents because you're following a dream. You, you found a need, but it's purpose-led because it's in line with your values. It's sustainable. It's going to help people. It's, you know, you found your pain point, literally, <laughs> and, and you're doing something about it. Yeah. What, what role models for your kids? But also, the more, like I study this a lot, okay, um, the more stories we hear about what we should do. You know, yeah. we need to let our kids be free and find their passion. So not say to them, you should be a lawyer, you should be a doctor. Yeah. You know, I uh, speak to people that have had these stories yeah, yeah, from yeah. a small age of what society thinks they should do. Whereas, you know, when you are young, you do have that time and you have that imagination and you mm. start to learn about what you enjoy. Mm. So I think it's really important to, you know, not put our beliefs, show hard work pays off and show following your passions is great, but actually encouraging them to find their way. Mm-hmm. And it can be hard to get that balance. Yeah, yeah, and also I, I don't come from a background actually where this your your background is a bit more like that actually, isn't it? Your yeah. parents are very encouraging into like doing whatever you wanted to do. From my family, I come from a very working class kind of family, and it was really you need to get a job. You yeah. need to, you know, you can't afford not to have a job. So. 
when I started studying, my mom was saying, well, what are the type of job you can get after that? Because, mm -hmm. you know, you need to earn money, you know, you cannot just be an artist, you know, you're never going to make any money or you cannot. So it's it, actually, I come from that background, <laughs> which, uh, you know, which has been like quite challenging. It's quite challenging to go against what you grew up with. Very challenging. Ways. Yeah. And coming to the UK has been very good to me in that sense, in that type. And I was, uh, by contrast, I've always been, I've always felt through my childhood, I always felt that, you know, I could do anything I wanted, you know, just like mm -hmm. encouraged to be like, you can be anything you want, do whatever you want. You can, the world's your oyster kind of attitude, you know, and, you know, I was playing the cello, I was encouraged to play the cello, it was just, you know, then I decided not to do that, but, you yeah. know, but it was like, you know, the possibilities were there, you know, and... Yeah, but so I mean, my mom told me I could do whatever I wanted, yeah. but within reasons. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's like she always encouraged me and told me, like, if you work hard, you can do anything you yeah. want. But also, I was always very aware by my education that I needed to go somewhere where I was you know, 99% sure I would get a job after graduating. It's motivated by fear, isn't it? We, bit, we get absolutely. that pressure. You know, it, absolutely. It, it's money is a metaphor for a lot of things mm. and it's a safety mechanism. So we are told, you know, you need to get a roof over your head and you need to have this and that. And we, we carry these stories. But when we're motivated by fear, it can be really challenging, actually, the anxiety levels can flare up. It can stop you from following your dreams. Yeah, it can, yeah. it can really turn into you know I, I speak to people and it's turned into a mental health issue mm -hmm. because they've carried that fear. They've not been able to let go of it. They're not connected with what they want to do. They're taking on other people's stories, which yeah. is so easy yeah, in this yeah. world. And then that can spiral if you're not in line with your yeah. values, or perhaps you're doing a job for money. So you love the money, but you don't love the work, yeah. and that's a slippery. Oh, this is. Yeah, this is a hard look to get out yeah. of, though, isn't mm -hmm. it? Uh, because we all have mortgages and we all have expenses. And, and actually stopping everything to start something, unless you have a safety net, mm -hmm. it's really hard. Financial safety net, it's really hard to jump and do it. Really, it really isn't is. It? But so, then it depends what you want. As you're saying, you know, when, when you were going to a, a shed, did you say, in France? Yes. You know, there's a lot of chat now of people going to live in the wild. And my husband will say to me, and he works in finance. Uh -huh. So there's a lot of money in finance if you work hard. And he would say to me, he's very, very good at his job. Phenomenally good. But sometimes he'll say, I just want to move to the wild. <laughs> yeah, I understand. And yeah, this is something we think about all the time. And, uh, uh, you know, talk about the fear aspect and a different different kind of fear i mean we we discuss this quite a lot about you know the fear for the future you know for the climate obviously it's a very hot topic at the moment um well it will be um and you know we're thinking about what what, what future will our children have and you know the how can we sort of set them up as best we can for yeah. for that future and for for us it's the fear of you know just things going really badly wrong um in their lifetime and in our lifetime potentially um and you mean environmentally? Environmentally, mm -hmm. yeah. And then, you know, environmental consequences have and social consequences. So, you know, there's a lot to potentially deal with if, if things don't go the right way, you know, and mm -hmm. it doesn't look like they're going the right way at the moment. So it's the, the trips to France are a part of a very conscious effort to connect our children with, with, with the ground, with the land, with yeah. nature, with mm -hmm. the ability to mm -hmm. grow vegetables and 
you know, just understand, you know, that food doesn't come from a supermarket shelf and, you know, you can plant a seed and then two weeks later there's a little little plant there and, you know, you've got to nurture it and then it'll give you tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, so we're... Uh, it's, a, it's actually a very, very conscious effort on it our class at the moment to yeah. to deal with that fear of the future for our children. You know, so that idea of growing up and studying and getting a job, you know, to earn money to have the traditional life through to your pension, um, it might that that might not be something that is available to a lot of people in the future. So just yeah, like, you know. and also I think we had some some you know some life checks as well in our life. I lost my dad, um, you know, and so that was already like a check, you know, like, you know, you reevaluate a bit everything in your life when you Absolutely. lose uh, someone dear to you. And then, um, you know, um, can I talk about your dad? Yeah? Mm, depends okay. what, because some of it could be private. Yeah, well, in terms of pension, basically, you know, it's like sometimes you invest, sorry, sometimes you invest in your pension and, you know, you have surprises, you know, and uh, you don't end up with what you were supposed to have, you know, mm -hmm. because of a financial crash or anything, you oh, know. Yeah. So it does make you question our current system and whether we should really, you know, um, basically, you know, actually stay in that system or try to find ways you know to work around that system or mm. you know adapt to the system in some ways you yeah know? and it's, um, it's hard what would you say your biggest fear about the future is with what we know now about sustainability <laughs> so, go on let's do one each <laughs> you start <laughs> I, I I don't think we're being told everything at the moment. I think it's I think we're probably in a much worse situation than anyone makes out, and things will change a lot quicker mm -hmm. than we're being led to believe. Yeah. Um, and those in the know are probably preparing for it. You know, um, yeah. that's that's my fear. I mean, I I think if we had if things were moving slowly, then the world has a chance to maybe do something about it, um, and you know, obviously we need to try and do something about it, but if it's going too fast, it's my fear that we're just not going to be able to handle it. What is going too fast? The, the climate change, you know, oh, yeah. it's global warming, you know, because it's, it's self-reinforcing. Um, okay. self you know. So basically, from my point of view, that, so I'm actually a lecturer at the university and I lecture a module which is sustainable development and every, uh, so that's my, you know, my my full-time job you know and on the side I do the laptop stand as well as you know mm -hmm. and um, basically every year I review a lot of data about our progress in terms of climate targets reduction of CO2 emissions amongst other things you know transport policies and etc etc uh, building policies to make our uh, buildings more energy efficient amongst mm -hmm. other things um, and Every year, actually, at the end of the, my first lecture, I I feel really depressed. Mm -hmm. Like, and this year won't be any different. You know, mm -hmm. I'm starting in two weeks. I have reviewed everything for, for for that lecture already. And what I'm really worried is that it's been ten years that I'm teaching this, mm -hmm. and in ten years I haven't seen any significant changes that. And, you know, we are talking about this in the 70s. You know, it's not new, all of this. So my point is that in the 70s, yes, we've had new uh, protocols in place with targets to reduce emissions, to try 
start to tackle transport a bit, start to tackle lots of different sectors. But it's not fast enough. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not fast enough. Mm-hmm. And when I see the different type of scenarios that we can have, I can only see that we're always going into the red scenario, the bad scenario, the scramble scenario, mm-hmm. and not a better scenario. And that's what worries me, is that actually knowing what I know, mm-hmm. I am worried. And yeah, and then you just look, you don't have to look far to see the evidence of, uh, of not, of, uh, of us not moving fast enough. For example, the this the small scale renewable energy industry. So that's you know, small is not necessarily uh, yeah. Small scale renewable energy in the UK has taken a massive hit over the last few years. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, since two thousand and ten, mm-hmm. um, all the policies have been reversed, and you know um, most of the small renewable businesses have gone out of business. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and the same so. for building targets. You know, we were uh, having very stringent, strong. Uh, you know, pathways towards zero energy buildings, very energy efficient buildings. And then, you know, in in a month, they just scrapped everything. Well, it was 10 years of industry focused effort to move in that direction because the construction industry had invested a lot of money to go towards it. And then suddenly, so my point is that sustainability, I don't know if if you're familiar with it, but it's based on three pillars, you mm-hmm. know, environment, society, and economy. Yeah. And basically, we're always trying to balance these three pillars. Mm-hmm. And uh, in order for sustainable development to be achieved, really, you should try to balance them to your best of your ability. But effectively, you know, without governance, without a strong governance, mm-hmm. then these pillars and whatever you try to balance, you know, they always become unbalanced. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we have a government that changes all the time, the fact that politicians are not focused enough, I think, on these issues also, you know, and they have always other agendas, mm-hmm. uh, means that governance is not strong enough. Mm-hmm. And we have always this change in directions, permanent change in direction. That means that we cannot have a cohesive approach towards achieving what is, I feel, one of the biggest challenges of the world, when we see what's happening in Brazil at the moment, mm-hmm. you know, with the fires, deforestation, I mean, everything is, I think it's the extent of the amount of work that needs to be done is so huge that sometimes sometime I despair, and I'm one of the positive person, actually, mm-hmm. it's true though, I always tell my students, you know, anything you can do will help, you know, and we yeah. need you to, to do it, but it's, so that's really... Uh, challenging, but in terms of what we can do to our level, I suppose this is, you know, to not get depressed because once yeah. you know all of these things, actually, it's very easy. As I was telling you earlier on, you know, to get depressed, you know, and sometimes it says, you know, what's the point of fighting or what's the point of doing anything anyway? We're doomed. <laughs> and uh, but then I try to go back into it and I think, no, no, we are an intelligent species. We we invented nuclear power. We invented so many things. We will. We can really do something you know if the human species wants to change that path we can if our governments but we need our government to have the the right the right priorities you know and balancing the economy economy is important though i'm not saying it's not important it's not just the environment but it's a balance of these three pillars and we've lost that balance i think they are not thinking about balance enough absolutely so we need to make more noise but for people that perhaps aren't as well researched What's going to happen to the world? People are thinking, what does he mean? What's going to happen? Is it going to 
burst, <laughs> you know. Well, we don't know. I no. think nobody knows, right? The, the amount of the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is increasing mm-hmm. all the time. Um, we've got these targets to try and keep it below 1.5% um, uh, warming of the atmosphere. Then, you know, that's... that's you know, there's seven degrees. degrees. 1.5, sorry, 1.5 degrees um, warming. Um, if, if we hit 1.5 degrees, um, it's already pretty bad you know the impact on the world you know number of lost species the change mm-hmm. of the climate uh, extreme weather events you know so you know it looks unlikely that we'll be able to keep it to that level so you know there's a kind of a two degree target you know um, but if you look at the consequences of hitting two degrees you know they're much more severe than 1.5 but you know disastrous, yeah really. yeah um you know and that's you know that's what we're sort of kind of aiming at a disastrous target but beyond two degrees it starts to have sort of self uh, reinforcing effects the amount of warming will cause more warming mm-hmm. you know so like permafrost starts to to mm-hmm. melt and methane is released from the the ocean beds and mm-hmm. methane is like 30 times i don't know exactly how much um but there's much more powerful greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide mm-hmm. and yeah it's just it's the if we don't actually manage to deal with it quickly we're so not going to be able to breathe we're not going to be able to deal with it you know and there'll be large parts of the world which become in you know the, the you know, how the world is now we'll, we'll, we are in the good old days or something I read online the other day you know um, um, it's uh, the, the world will change quite significantly there'll be mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah places mean, you won't be able to live or grow food and other places uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah when you see what's happening just for the fire in Brazil from my point of view you know there mm-hmm. should not be any discussion about helping mm-hmm. you know it should just be happening it should just be happening mm-hmm. you know this is not a resource of forest that we can afford to lose as the world population you know it's not a country mm-hmm. it's not this country's problem it is the world's population problem if we start to lose the amazon through fires and all those other things so discussion should not be happening it should just happen mm-hmm. you know aid should just be given mm-hmm. without any concessions without anything really mm-hmm. isn't it mm-hmm. but anyway so it's yeah it's it, it's hard to say where we're going to be or we can say that you know we are uh, trying to do our bits to i suppose uh, prepare our kids it's not prepare our kids but Give our kids the best chances, mm-hmm. you know, in, a, in potentially a world. You know what? If it, nothing like this happened, I'd be so happy. I'd be so happy to be proven wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'd be so happy to see us finding like great solutions. And I am a great believer about humans, you know, and our ability to make changes and do changes. Um, so I'd really, I'd love to be witnessing that in my life, really. I, th- I think as well, the more mindful we become, the more aware we are, the better people we are, because we're more aware of what's important. We've got yeah. less ego. So, you know, you look at the politicians and there's, I just get bored. I, I-, I can't hear any more fighting. Like, it's, yeah. as you say, it becomes yeah. depressing and you're like, ah, can you just do something? Yeah. Stop fighting yeah. all day and stop making about your ego and who's right and who's... Can we just work together? We're all connected. Absolutely. Um, but if you look at, see, the Bible, it predicted that this was going to happen. Now, whether you have a faith or not, because there'll be people that believe in a higher power, might not be God, but a higher power. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where you're at in a spiritual place, that can perhaps pull you back as well. Because if you don't believe you have a greater, you don't believe there's a higher power, mm-hmm. then it's all on us. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's hard for people, isn't it? Because, I mean, now also I think there is a lot more poverty, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, unseen poverty, meaning like people who still earn money but still actually, you know, are, are not making enough to 
to even have the time or you know the mind space to think about this type of things mm -hmm. you know you come back from work you've had a hard day at work mm -hmm. you have your kids at home you're tired the last thing you want mm -hmm. is to think about something like this and mm -hmm. I totally get it yeah. you know And, but that's what politicians want, you know. They don't want us to think so too much either, right? Sometimes I really do think that, you know. They want us to be so busy. Yeah, in some ways. And then, you know, we are, we are um, uh, slaves from our mortgages and we're slaves from, uh, you know, this busy time going at work and, and all of these things. And so being aware of it is great. But then sometimes I feel ignorance is a blessing because... You know, once you know about the things, it's really hard to just stay happy. And if you cannot do anything about it, and which is what most people feel like, if you don't feel empowered to be able to do anything about it, and we are very fortunate that both our jobs mm -hmm. have always been in the domain area, and we yeah. always felt like we could do our bits, you know. But I think we need to remember as well the impact we can all have on people. So there'll yeah. be people tuning in now that are really inspired by you both, okay? And they get that passion and that's infectious and it makes you think. So you're educated, you're being inspired, you're really thinking about what change we can make. Mm -hmm. Like starting small and going, and, and you know, the more people we can reach with stuff like this, it's it's got a domino effect. Mm -hmm. I really hope so, you know. if If... Any like anyone in that podcast at the end can think about it. I'd be mm -hmm. that would be I, I'd be so happy. <laughs> that would be a huge achievement from my point of view, you know. Yeah. Um, because you know, in some ways, you know, it's it's everything our businesses as well. Mm -hmm. Actually, you know, yeah. the whole laptop stand is based on these principles, you know, and it's driven from the materials we chose to. The, the, the price of the stand, you know, it's, mm -hmm. is sustainable, for example, you know, so the way we chose our materials, they were, we tried to use as much as we could, which was like from the UK, but then sometimes, you know, if you, if you cannot find it and, or economically, it's, it just drives the price too up high, you know, mm -hmm. you have to find other alternatives. Yeah. Um, also based on the volume that we're making as well it's like you use certain you're restricted to certain materials and you've got your eye on other materials for, for the future as well yeah exactly are, you know, yeah so. but it's you know for example for the for that beautiful box that you got your yeah. laptop stand in yeah. yeah so it's made in Scotland mm -hmm. but we had quotations from China Turkey you know lots of different places uh, but the point was that the, the cost of the box wasn't so high mm -hmm. that we couldn't absorb it as a business you yeah. know economically speaking we could absorb it but economically speaking as well you know we didn't have to increase the price of the product because if we increase the price of the product mm -hmm. then socially speaking it has a lower impact because the less people who can buy it mm -hmm. the less people will benefit from having a better posture yeah and then the cost on society becomes lessened the more people use it then mm -hmm. the less cost on the nhs actually yeah. you know in, in subtle ways you know that's that's how it turns so that's why this social pillar is important by using local product we support the local economy you know and mm -hmm. but we also um, then sub subsequently you know uh, lower keep we try to keep the price low so that people can afford to buy it so then locally it has a social impact positive social impact in the sense of health mm -hmm. um, amongst other things but and then all the materials are environmentally sound you know so yeah. it's like trying to balance again 
Oh no, this thing, it's actually really challenging. Yeah, much more complicated than much we expected. Much more complicated <laughs> than we expected, absolutely. Yeah. Because we always like preach it. But actually, when it came to developing that and considering these pillars of sustainable development, because it was really strong to my heart, I told, you know, if we are doing this, we have we are doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. I am not compromising. It's true. Yeah, it's true. I did tell you I am not compromising on these aspects. Yeah. You know? So even the bank we took, you know, had to have like That's the really right, hard, the right it? and it was really hard. But it's it's you know trying to find the best the best we could, mm-hmm. you know, I suppose, you know, uh, and balance all of this. But yeah, well, it's good to let it, you talk. I don't need to say anything. Though. It was really <laughs> challenging, yeah. though. It was a lot more challenging than than we thought. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, you know? and yeah. we have so much respect now for people who make small products, you know, Ooh. or any type of product. Yeah, it? absolutely. But we're telling ourselves, oh my goodness, look at this pen. <laughs> <laughs> you look at pen, you think of all the things that come in that pen. It's yeah. experience, isn't it? <gasps> absolutely. And it's a great experience. Yeah. I mean, I even if, you know, you know, we hope that everything goes super well and everything, but even, wherever you know, it goes, however it wherever goes, wherever it goes, yeah. you know, it would have been a fantastic experience. Yeah. It's, uh, am- it's amazing. Uh, well, I don't know, but we ha- we had a fun time actually, isn't it? We yeah. had great great time. A oh, photo shoot and the video shoot were fun. <laughs> yeah, we had a great uh, video shoot with uh, Evan Torres uh, videos. Oh, and this guy is absolutely amazing oh. as a videographer it's just oh he's he's so great he's so listening to you you know oh. and he, he really gets you i think yeah, as a as a as a person or a business you know so yeah. it was a great experience and we had so much fun doing that the, the photos with anna oh. Moffat, it was amazing yeah. she's so great are you is the video live here across social media i can yes. share it on my channel so let me know yeah we do we'll, we'll send it to you yeah it's on youtube so it's the main one and yeah. then we have lots of others on our website yeah uh, so we website. need to put them on youtube as well <laughs> yeah so, um, what would be your three tips of things people can do from a sort of sustainability point of view? People that are listening and thinking, I'm really inspired, I want to do something. It doesn't have to be three, but just what comes to your mind that we can do right now? So, if I get sent a gift pack, because I'm a blogger, right? So, I get sent a lot of stuff and it's got plastic packaging. There's, there's, do I? There's two main things, I think, <clears throat> which people can do which make the most difference. The primary one is eat less meat and drink uh, and use fewer dairy products. Like animal agriculture is the biggest, I think it's the biggest uh, creator of greenhouse gases as an industry in the world by a significant margin. So it's also a good, a big drive to, um, towards deforestation as well, to to grow feed. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the, The world cannot sustain our meat consumption of meat. So that's, um, and fly less. Yeah, find alternatives to flying or don't fly, um, mm-hmm. um, and that those are the two sort of major things I think people can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, try and try and pollute. You know, and yeah, yeah. That's... and then you have your normal things, you know, that you do in your house anyway. Obviously, you know, yeah. you switch off your lights, everything, yeah. but to be more efficient, you know, in what you yeah. do. But I think in terms of consumerism of everybody, you know, as well, there is just the different type of wastes that we do. Like, do we need a new TV? Do I really need a new TV or is it working just fine? Do I need, it's like changing our thinking about what we have and whether we need all these new things. Mm-hmm. And uh, for example, I organize clothes swaps. 
mm-hmm. you know, with mm-hmm. uh, with women, you know, yeah. where basically the the way is you know. The waste of of someone is a treasure of someone else. You yeah. Know? So, you know, the, doesn't want this new shirt. Well, I'm going to put it in my, uh, you know, in my uh, clothes exchange, and someone else's wife is going to say, "Oh, that's going to be very nice for my husband." You know, I mean, yeah. things like this, or and it's just consu- let's just consume less, just generally, because if we consume less, and they make less. Mm-hmm. You know, and if they make less, then you know it. it yeah. it's, it's true, and but I think for a lot of those day-to-day decisions, I mean, we can make a difference by doing them. And I, but as you said, a lot of people do not have time to think about these kind of things because no, of sort of their situation in life. So you know, we're in a privileged position to be able to be think about it and and have the opportunity to do something about it. Absolutely. That's not the majority of people. Absolutely. So all that kind of stuff that has to happen from a governmental policy. Um, uh, uh, from a policy direction, we need to, we need our governments to be thinking about this stuff and making changes for us. What about salmon farming? What's your thoughts on that? I went out to look at farms to see what they were doing a few years ago, and I got completely slated. I said, "Look, I'm just going out to look to speak to the farmers to see what they're doing." Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> what's your thoughts on? I don't. Um, I couldn't give you specific thoughts. Obviously, I think these things will have benefits and drawbacks mm-hmm. um, so um, you know certainly there'll be pros of, for that speak for it against like wild fishing and certainly there'll be plenty of cons as well um, which say don't do it um, mm-hmm. without knowing the specifics it'd be very hard yeah, to, I don't know. to say like? well I, I mean it was a few years ago and they asked me to go out and look and I got slated so I, well some people were you know farmers were saying thanks for showing it from our point of view because I'm very uh-huh. yeah, I think empathy nice. is key Um, and it was interesting to hear you know all the things that we're putting into place and they weren't putting as many chemicals as people said but obviously I had to look at the research and I had lots of people posting you know (laughs) damaging Um, so I I kind of you know it it opened up my my mind to think right okay Um, but that was just one thing for me um, because people would say, oh, they're full of antibiotics. And then mm. I was saying the farmers, well, they're not. And, and there was this big debate, what was better for you? I mean, do you guys eat mm. fish? Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. We do. Um, we do eat fish. We eat a lot less meat. Yeah. Uh, if at all, in fact. Yeah. No. Um, we do eat fish. I think... Almond yes. milk instead of normal uh, milk quite often now as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling bad for offering you the dairy. Actually, I've been... Oh, pre- no, no, no please. We're not vegan or anything, but, you know, it's... Um, it's something to think you know, about, though. Yeah, just reducing our consumption of those kind of things, as we said, you know, it's not it's not eradicated. It's, yeah. it's quite hard to do it's that. It's a balance, it's you know. Balance, I think yeah. we need just to balance everything. My yeah. husband started and drinking... be normal at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I know. My husband started drinking green tea with lemon, and he loves that. Mm. So he doesn't really have milk. I mean, the kids ask for it glass of milk more my son but I was thinking of trying him on you know coconut and almond to see if he would drink it yeah mm. but that's okay I mean you know it's... Well, but it's it takes, okay. takes time to get used to as well yeah that's for sure yeah exactly. but I think for, for people listening in it, it it's really hard hitting actually I think do you avoid using plastic altogether then it's hard, you know, shampoo bottles. We're really lucky. We've had this great shop open up next to us called the Eco Larder. Yeah, heard um, a lot about that. It's so we do great. a lot of our shopping there and yeah. it's, it's really right next door to us. In fact, we really so. don't go to the supermarkets at all except to buy milk. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the only thing we buy at the supermarket now. Yeah. Nearly everything comes from the equilarder. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm going they to just go, go and, and check it out. everything. And yeah. they're so nice. The two owners are uh, Stephanie and Matt. They're so lovely. Yeah. And they're so, you know, well thinking. I mean, they think. Yeah. At, uh, when I when I was the last time we did a big supermarket shop? I don't know, like maybe May, last May, before we went to France anyway. Yeah. And supermarkets are anxiety-inducing places. Yeah. They really are. So actually, I'm going to go out to the... You guys have inspired me to go to the Equal Order. Oh, you should go and I've been wanting to go for a while. Even just to go and have a look around, think about what they've got there, and then come back with a plan. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm inspired. And, and, you know, I spoke on the Kay Adams show, and, and Kay challenged me, and she said... Because I said I have a lot of uh, vegan listeners and readers, and I said, they're such nice people... Because they're such nice people, they made me think about going more plant-based. Yeah, yeah. That was my first thing. And she said, does it make you a better person? Well, it makes you more mindful of what's going on in the world yeah. and actually listening, yeah. thinking, well, I love plant-based. Yeah, yeah. Let's challenge it. Yeah. You know, so I think that's, that's there's, great. Uh, there's quite a lot of um, plant-based food stalls in the festival this year, which was really nice to see. Yeah, there was. Um, yeah, it was really nice. good. Yeah. And, um, yeah, delicious too. <laughs> I, uh, I'll i do a shout out to New Norm. I did an ad for her uh, with the kids and she's all about, you know, sustainable packaging, beautiful plant-based meals. She's yeah. amazing. I'll need to introduce you actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because she, she's at wellbeing festivals and things. Oh, that's um, really cool. Yeah, there's loads of people I can introduce you to. Yeah. We can chat, chat. But, um, yeah, well, it's been really interesting because at the moment, you know, we are at um, the Click and Mortars, you know, pop-up. Yeah. Shop, Click was, yeah. Clicks and Mortars, sorry. Yeah, pop-up shop. So it's organized by Ination. And actually, I don't know. I don't know if it's fate, but all most of the small shops, you know, which are basically here with us, you know, um, are actually, you know, there is a, a social club memories, isn't it? Yeah. Where are like, stories, social club, social, club stories, stories, social stories club, social stories club. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and they support ten social causes, you know, and they make basically gift boxes with lots of different things, which are a fair trade and sustainable. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. So there is lots of different. There is a rug shop which is all made out of fair trade and sustainable rugs. Then the earrings is recycled so, okey silver, okidoki. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just felt like, oh, that's really weird that we're surrounded by all these online shops which are very similar values to ours actually mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so it was really an interesting um when we started yeah, uh, two days ago we started two days yeah, I'll ago do the shout out I'll do the I'll do the 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 um the what? The pitch, so Enterprise Nation, um, are, um, uh, they run this pop-up shop called Clicks and Mortar. Um, they've got one in Edinburgh. It's in um, the Waverley Shopping Mall on, okay. down, downstairs. So they take an empty shop. Yeah. They put like lots of small businesses in it. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and then they change the small businesses over time until they're told to give the shop back. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then and it's uh, really cool. Actually. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. And so we've got there. We're there for two weeks. Um, yeah. So come and visit us. Amazing. Yeah. Do they take books? Maybe I should. <laughs> Well, you know, you should, yeah, you should look. I mean, they, they have a, I don't know, it's just... Uh, we'll take some of your books. Yeah. And if someone wants to come and get one from us on our stand, then they'll be more than welcome. Oh, amazing, yeah. If you want to. <laughs> as, as seen on the Mojo Injection podcast, yeah, exactly. listen, because we need to make a change, guys, and the more people... <laughs> 
I'm all about collaborations. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely, help each other. And actually, that's exactly what I was saying, Social Stories Club, you know. It's like, if we can help you in any way, we will, you mm-hmm. know, because we are all about sharing. Because mm-hmm. with sharing, we can go a really long way. Mm, uh, we really forward. can. Absolutely. And keeping things just for ourselves, what would be actually the end game to that, you know? Yeah. You might be better off in the short term, but actually in the long term, you'd be much better off sharing your ideas, uh-huh. moving forward, having the input from other people, making your ideas better, yeah. improving them. And that's what we were actually advised in uh, for our previous businesses, is that the more you share, actually don't be scared of sharing. Honesty and openness. Honesty yeah. and openness. Don't be yeah. scared of sharing because what you get is a lot more than what you may not. Yeah. You know, or what you might lose, maybe. What you get is a lot more than what you might lose. Yeah. And actually that was really good advice, I think. Uh, talking about things that maybe were a bit sensitive, uh-huh. you know, for a business. Maybe I shouldn't share that supplier. Mm-hmm. you know or talk about the materials I'm using or talk about that but actually by talking about it you realize that actually there is potentially a new way of doing it you mm-hmm. know I could do it like this I could do it like that because I shared that information mm-hmm. so that was it's true it's yeah. always been super helpful and that was a really great advice I love that, that we had mm-hmm. I love that would you agree yes absolutely yeah Great. <laughs> we are in agreement as a couple so much, as a partner there's so much more I wanted to ask you guys and uh, we're just we're, we're going over time a bit but I'm it's sorry. just uh, no no. I'm just thinking if you guys have got appointments and stuff but it, it's just been such an inspirational chat that I could talk to you all day and it would be nice to actually interview you again in a year's time to see how far we've come with sustainability, yeah. with your product, with, you know, because be you've yeah. inspired, you both inspired me to do more with sustainability. You know, I was saying to you earlier, I talk about sustainability of the mind a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. But That's whatever, I can do more with my platform because I, I think it's just, you know, having these conversations uh, is really important, you know, and I think seeing you both. Um, and, and tips for marriage, I just wanted to ask you before we ask your favourite song, because you seem to have a great flow. Um, relationships are the number one reason, you know, a lack of connection for, mm. for mental health is really yeah. dangerous for us. So how do you guys stay connected even when we, we do argue and we fall out? Oh, cuddle every morning. Sure. Oh, well, actually, he cuddles me because I'm more like a fur. Actually, I love cuddles, but I'm also very practical. So I'm always like on the go, you know, in the morning. I sort out the children, sort out mm. breakfast, sort out blah, blah, blah. We do that. We do that. <laughs> well, we do that, but I'm very, yeah, but I see all the things that needs to be yeah. done. And you're like, actually, we need a cuddle this morning oh. because we haven't had it. So it's true that this yeah. helps a lot. And communication. Yeah, definitely. I, I talk a lot and that helps us to get all the bad things out rather than letting them build up something Celine said at the start of our relationship said I'm going to talk to you when we need to talk (laughs) and something that my grandmother told me actually my grandmother always told me in your couple yeah it was uh, my grandmother was really wise wow (laughs) Uh, in many different ways but she told to me you can decide to build a big Mad de Provence you know a strong stone house Mm -hmm. or you can decide to build you know, uh, let's say a straw house, you know, in yeah. your couple, you decide which one you build. And she said, but one will require you to fill every little holes along the way. Mm-hmm. So she said, everything that are not said within a couple results in one small hole, you know, mm. and then another one in another one in another small hole. And then 
another unsaid thing and another one and then another one and then you have a big hole in between these two persons because there's been a lot of things which hasn't been said even if it's just can you please put a toothpaste upside down because mm -hmm. it really upsets me yeah. <laughs> you know? that's a very small things and but you have to say then because they accumulate all these small things accumulate like small holes and then it's a big hole and then it's a bigger hole and then it's a much bigger hole and then that bigger hole can never be replenished. Mm. But if you say all these things every time, then you feel that hole every time. As you go. Yeah. As you go. So that big hole doesn't... And I was never a, a, a big communicator in that way before before our relationship. And I think... I found it quite hard at the beginning mm -hmm. to, to, to do that, you know, to address these things which would otherwise just go unsaid. Mm -hmm. And it's got easier and easier to do that. And definitely good advice <laughs> well it means that so we far, don't yeah. have a lot of unsaid things yeah yeah so we still say things to each other all the time because that's just how it works but i think it's been really healthy yeah and even in the most challenging part of our couple because we all have challenges you know yeah. we've always managed to fill these holes because i think we had managed to fill a lot of previous holes in the past does that make sense yeah so that was a great advice from my grandma and we've i, I have applied it very to the letter <laughs> that's amazing and it can be hard because our ego flares up so if you say oh can mm. you do the toothpaste can you do this we can start getting defensive oh go easy on me do you know how busy i am i don't yeah, have time yeah, to yeah. think about the toothpaste yeah yeah exactly who cares know? about the toothpaste <laughs> yeah and but then if it matters to you it's just saying right i'll try yeah and oh. even if you don't do it though it's been saved right you know? so it's not in you anymore either. you've released you know, it you've released it it's also part of that it's part of releasing that's feeling you know mm -hmm. of anger or like you know distress about something you know i am feeling this way and i just want to share yeah mm -hmm. absolutely sharing communicating i think this has saved us in many many occasions oh so. i love that yeah yeah oh. let's hope that we keep doing that yeah yes yeah, it's, it's hard you know <laughs> like I, as i said I'm, I'm more inclined to not say so uh -huh. yeah it's hard to motivate yourself to say yeah. And to address things, so yeah, it's conscious effort to try. It's good. Yeah, to you well, me, I'm just like blah 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, it's it's good for us. So the research is there. It's good. It's hard, uh -huh. but it's good for us to talk. Yeah. So um, thank you both for showing up so fully and being so inspirational. And I'm thank really, you for us. I'm so yeah. excited to share. We've had it in the diary for a few months now, so I knew the time would fly round. But um, mm -hmm. I'm I'm so pleased. So, yeah, and we'll be so happy to see you in the Earth time, and we can do a check on you as well. Yeah. Like, so what have you changed? <laughs> I, I yeah, I think growth's good for us. You know, it's good oh, for the planet. Though. It's good for yeah. the planet, and it's good for our minds. I'm all about sustainability in every way. So absolutely, it all it all flows together, doesn't mm -hmm. it? So absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. If you're happier in the way you live, then you're happier in your head, isn't it? Exactly. It's, when your values and your actions are aligned, yeah. that's when the magic happens. Absolutely. Um, and one of my values is just to sing and be free and dance and, and, and music, to have more time to listen to music. So what's your what's your favourite song? What song should we play us out? I won't make you sing if you don't want to, but you're welcome to. But tell us a song you would like me to play and why. Uh, well, we had a disagreement. <laughs> we can talk about it. We, have, we, we, have we, we sing quite a lot at home with yeah. our children, particularly. Um, but uh, I think the song that Celine uh, wants to say is one that's very, very hard to sing and would sound terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah. Um, Which one is it then? Yeah, you want to sing. I'm quizzing the, you. 
you, you want to sing Bohemian Rhapsody, don't you? Yes. Oh, <laughs> great. I we only do that at, at karaoke. For very, very one, close friends. One time, yeah. <laughs> very close friends. Uh, we have lots of different music, but I think if one could really emphasize, you know, how we, like, the energetic part of ours is like, sometimes Bohemian Rhapsody has like this. Yes. You know, it's this massive power and oh, energy to powerful. it, you know, and I just, oh, I adore it. A song, there's <laughs> another song that I, I really like, and we do sing quite a lot, is, um, is a song by um, a folk singer called Chris Wood, um, called The Cottager's Reply, and it's a really nice song about um, about the sort of impact of, of, sort of rich Londoners on on the surrounding areas. Not that you know. we have anything with Londoners. Uh, uh, so, you know, it's like a cotswold <laughs> cottage and, and the, you know, these, uh, these Londoners want to buy it and it's the, the, the cottagers reply to the attempt of these Londoners to buy, buy his cottage. Mm. And it's a really lovely it song. It is a really lovely song. Mm. Maybe yeah. we should sing that one. Well, well we could. It's last a while. <laughs> we can start the song. Oh, come on, okay, okay, we'll okay. start it. Fabulous. Yeah. Okay. See that name again for people that want to look at us. Um, it's called The Cottager's Reply and it's by Chris Wood. And I, I can't remember which year, but it won the BBC Folk Song of the Year. Wow. One year. Mm. I think it might have been 2012. Actually, I don't remember. I'm guessing now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's let's play, play a song and I just want to say thank you again so much and um, all the best with your venture. I have a great feeling yeah. about it. So. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
Mamma mia, 